Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your latest source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how you doing? <laughs> I'm here. I made it. I showed up. Maybe uh, that's as unlike as I'm the, for this podcast. Unlike the Packers. <laughs> unlike, oh, man. That was just ugly. Yes, we are joining you here Sunday night. Following a Packers twenty-seven to ten loss at home to the New York New Jersey Jets, and a game, frankly, where the Packers just got embarrassed. They got outclassed. They got outplayed. They looked like by far the worst team. And we'll get further into it. But if last week was a bit of a wake-up call, like, hey, team's got to start focusing up. I think it's appropriate to start thinking about whether or not it's time to hit the panic button on this team. Five alarm fire. P A N I C panic. I I don't think it's entirely unreasonable, but we're definitely going to get for. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the first time they've lost two in a row in the same regular season. Yeah, as well, under Matt Lafleur, losing at, at under Lafleur as well as losing at home uh, so badly in the regular season. Which have they? I don't know if they've lost at home under Lafleur in the regular season. Either is that correct? They've lost at home in the regular season. They lose one. Okay, I think so. Yeah, but anyway, tough loss for the Packers. But we're going to break it all down for you here today. Um, we're going to still hit you with our pregame on Thursday, and if you want updates on our episodes and any news and notes for the Packers going through this week, as well as our ideas for how maybe they could try and right the ship. Come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We would really appreciate it. We post news notes. Um, stuff that articles that other people write that we find interesting that we think would be really informative to other Packers fans um, our thoughts on different uh, breaking news items throughout the week post about new episodes you can also find us on YouTube at Father Son Packers Podcast there we post all of our episodes as well so come give us a subscription there come give us a follow on Twitter it would really help our numbers and we would really appreciate it but dad do you want to kind of just get down to this and start with our gut checks. Yeah, and so my gut check would be, this is probably the first time I felt like they just looked like the worst team on the field. As opposed to making mistakes here and there, they just looked like they weren't as good as the Jets out there. And this, I think, is the first time in a while they just looked like flat out not as good as the other team. They're just getting beaten up and down all over the place in a lot mm-hmm. of different ways. Yeah, to me, I agree. This is the the first time I feel like they've really this is the first time I feel like they've really been thoroughly outclassed by another yeah. team since the NFC Championship in 2020 or 2019 against the Niners. That was the last I time was... I feel like they were thoroughly outclassed by a team like this. What about they... that uh, Buc- Buccaneers regular season game? Oh, okay. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. That, that would okay. be the last since then. This is the first time since that game I felt like they just looked like they got outclassed on the field. Yes, where they were just... And it's one thing to get outclassed by a Tampa Bay team tom brady and a bunch of pro bowlers or that san francisco team that ended up going to the super bowl both those teams ended up going to the super bowl this is the jets and this is a this is a good jets team like this is this is definitely good for the jets but you just got completely outplayed and my gut check reaction is this team is not as good as i thought it was i thought this team could be competitive in the nfc in a weaker nfc but I think they're lucky to be the fifth or sixth. They'd be lucky to be the sixth best team in the NFC right now. And I think that's being generous 
right now that they could be even be that because I mean they're three and three now they're at five hundred they've lost two in a row in what's supposed to be the easy part of their schedule and it's just nothing is working on any side of the ball and I was just we were talking about this before we started recording but there is nothing this team is good at they're not good at anything. They they don't run well. They don't pass well. They don't protect well. They don't play good, consistent defense. They can't stop the run. They can't really stop the pass. They did a little bit today, but Zach Wilson. They don't rush the rush the passer particularly well, unless your name is Rashawn Gary. They're, I mean, yeah, but their pressure rates have been pretty good. But the, there's just nothing this team does particularly well. Is my gut check? And this is at. just this is just an it's just not a good football team right now. They're just not. Yeah. they're just not good. Let me touch on one thing you mentioned. It was one of part of my answer. It's like, just uh, this point, recalibrating my expectations for this year. Yeah, which I and think what, is the biggest. The, that's like one of the biggest things you can. That's one of the harshest things you can say after a loss is, this loss was so bad, I, I don't have expectations for this team anymore. So, well, we'll, we'll see how they go. They, but now I'm... I'm uh, got different different expectations for what, what to try to get out of this year now. We'll see how they it's just looked. So so inept on it's so many facets of the football game like at different times throughout the game but just at so many times just looked like they they couldn't do they had an idea of what they want to do and just could not do it and couldn't find a way to make it work and it was it was all bad but <sighs> well i would say the second half was all bad the yes. first half was half bad yeah, but the second half is some of the worst football I've seen them play. Where yeah, on both we'll, sides we'll, of the ball they could not do anything. We'll get we'll get back. We'll, we'll we will yeah. get into that in more detail. But let's yeah. uh those are those let, are let's, gut let's, checks. Let's get off of yeah, and, and as move you can on tell, to this the is, details. Th- as you can tell, this is gonna be a bit of a downer of an episode. I mean, I think <laughs> we're both not feeling very confident with how this team is looking right now, but we're gonna bring you episodes Rain or Shine. And the next part after our gut check is a quick injury update. Um, it actually. I seems, think I just saw. Um, speaking of rain or shine, some animals going by in pairs outside the window. Yes, it's a complete <laughs> apocalypse going on in. We got a deluge coming down right now. But anyway, so for the injury update, um, Randall Cobb. This is probably the most serious one. Was carted off, and it looked season-ending at first. I think it seemed like he thought he had broken his ankle, and it was maybe even career-ending. But it does seem that at least that was avoided. And uh, according to Rappaport, it is thought to be a high ankle sprain, but he will need more tests. He was in better spirits in the locker room, apparently. So that's at least some good news. Um, and I but think it I definitely looks ex- that they actually had x-rays reported as negative, right? That okay, was, that that's was good. Actually, is that right? Is that, was that, uh, I, I had that report? That. I hadn't seen that, but it, I believe you remember if that's... Well, you look that up, and I'll keep ripping through the injury you, report. But I'm going to so, do a quick look, see if I yeah, remember this correctly. I'll just I'll just keep reading out the rest. Uh, so Cobb, it looked really bad. It's still pretty, probably not great. He'll probably still miss at least four to six weeks. Probably still go on IR, but at least it's not career threatening or season ending. Hopefully, uh, beyond that, Jake Hansen actually came in for Royce Newman at one point. They were having so much trouble protecting that. And Royce was just getting killed out there that we'll talk about later. But they put in Jake Hansen for a drive. But he had to leave with a biceps injury pretty soon after that. And Royce Newman came back in for the second half. Aaron Jones was limping around a bit, but he came back in. um, And he seems like he was okay. He was able to come back in and 
participate for the rest of the game. And then Rodgers got banged up a couple of times. He was shaking his hand out most of the game with that thumb injury he sustained against the Giants. Um, did seem It seemed like it was bothering him for a lot of the game, and he was looking at it a lot and grimacing a lot. But that's definitely something to keep an eye on through this, the rest of this week. Okay, so according to Ian Rappaport, the x-rays did already come back negative and that he's going to get an MRI um, to verify what the ankle injury is. Okay. Well, at least that's some good. And it's not as bleak as it appeared. A little comment on Hansen coming in. So it, it sucks that he got hurt after finally coming in. Uh, who, don't, who don't know how severe the biceps injury is. But did the Packers coaching staff just hear all the calls for Royce Newman to be benched and said, "Oh, we'll show you. We're going to put well, in. We're going to put in Jake Hansen." Well, I think what I heard was uh, during Lafleur's interview, they said that they thought the offense needed a spark, so they put yes. Jake Hansen in. I saw that quote, and it's like, uh, that's the saddest spark I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. Unless you try to set the house on fire. I mean, what kind of spark are we looking for here? But uh, I mean, yeah, you... so that was a bit of a surprise. And he, I mean, he did okay. It was it was the two minute drill that he was in there for. Um, just before half, when they got the field goal, and I actually went back and watched that part because I kind of actually missed it. It was all quick game, though. It's not like he had to do it any was drop quick back game, and he's mostly kind of looking for somebody to block as they're playing prevent defense. So yeah, he did nothing wrong. He's looking for work, but it was not a very you know high stress um, situation that he had to block under, and I didn't see the how he got injured either. Um, I, so I, I didn't either. I barely there. noticed. I didn't notice until halftime that he had come in. I saw like tweets about it at the half, and I was like, "Oh, uh, Jake Hansen came in." Okay, I was wondering if uh, Royce got hurt or he something. He was already gone. Yes, and then Royce came right back in at the half. But anyway, those are our injury updates. Definitely, the Rogers one is going to be something to keep an eye on. Cobb's probably going to go on IR, unfortunately. And with the Hansen one, we're probably just going to see the same same starting O line we've been seeing. But, Dad, do you want to move down to our kind of more in-depth game breakdown? Yeah, so let's get into our uh, um, game breakdown. Start uh, this let's time start with, go. Let's start with the defense just because gonna, right. the offense, I think, was last week it was the defense was the big problem. This week I would say the offense was the big problem. So let's get the smaller problem out of the way first and start yep, with the defense, I guess. Go good defense, bad defense, good offense, bad offense. Sounds like a plan. You want to kick us so, off? So I'll go with, let me get to my good, my notes on, on what was good about the defense. And I just There have were a times few it things. was okay. Oh, it I was mean, good in the, in the first half. If you look at the, the first half, they're going toe-to-toe with the Jets defense. I mean, they, they weren't giving up anything. Three and outs, sacks, stuffs, pass breakups. I mean, they only gave up three points in the first half. And that was because of the, the Packers fumble that set them up in position for the field goal already. So the defense was stellar. I mean, they, they really only gave, didn't give up any points on their own in the entire first half. So that was looking good. Um, and you know they, they seem to be changing their philosophy on the secondary a little bit, where they, mm-hmm. they talked about Jair shadowing Garrett Wilson a lot. I have to watch the All-22 to see if that's true. But more actual pass breakups and hands on the ball out in passing plays in the first half, where they're knocking the yes. ball away from receivers instead of 
waiting, sitting back, waiting to catch, and then coming up to make the play. Yeah, and they were playing the- a lot more aggressively, just like Barry said he was going to let them do. They were having, they were definitely having Jair follow Garrett Wilson, at least in that first half, it seemed like. Jair had like three pass breakups in that first half alone. Yeah, um, I was, I was, I was thinking, I want to go back and count. Do they have as many pass breakups in this game as they've had the whole season combined? They did not have seven, no. But they were, they had, they had at least 50%. They, they, they were like halfway there, I think, in the first half. Yeah. I um, mean, Jay heard three by himself. And they, they, and, they didn't, they, they didn't get very many, but there weren't that many passing plays in the, in the second half. And they half were playing either. a lot more aggressive, like they were playing man coverage in the first half, which they hadn't been playing hardly any of, like going into this yeah. game. And even their run defense was, wasn't bad in, in the first half. They were getting a fair number of, stops near the line of scrimmage in the first half especially the first like two or three drives yeah i um, mean if we can go to my good thing now i mean mine was just the whole first I, half was the whole first half just, was pretty good do you I, wanted to one add more, one more i just okay. one more little thing to say and that was Enigbari getting his first sack of the yep of first his career. career sack he looked good that's my guy yeah that was my guy going into the draft i wanted him in the third but we got him in the fifth so i'll take it even better um thank yes. goodness we didn't get him in the third <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah, it would have been a bust almost instantly. Uh, right? I, I still can't believe Sean Ryan can't even make it on the active game day roster. I just don't. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. Every prospect should be begging the Packers not to take not him to draft him in the, the third, third round. round. Take me in the second. Take me in the seventh. Just don't take me in the third. They need to trade out of the third next year. They just and they need to do something with that pick. But anyway, my good thing for the defense was the whole first half was really good, just like you were saying, just to kind of build on top of that and give a few more details. They, Like you said, they limited the Jets to just three points, and that was off of a short field. They limited the Jets to a net 65 yards of total offense. It's awesome. Um, just the secondary playing way more aggressively, not playing off. It seemed like they had made the right adjustments like going into this game. Like I said, they were playing some more man coverage. It looked like all of the things that we had been asking for. And then the second half came, and the defense just collapsed. It's another game where the defense kind of collapsed at halftime, very similar to last week where half hits, they come back out, and they just can't get a stop. I mean, they got absolutely ran all over by Brees Hall and the Jets in the second half. Um, Overall, the Jets running backs went at 26 carries for 157 yards, almost six a carry. Uh, Brees Hall was most of that with 20 carries for 116 yards. They had three explosive runs of more than 20 yards. And then when you right. look at it just by when you look at it just by half in the first half they had 12 carries for 63 yards and then the second half they had 21 carries for 116 yards. And I mean Ooh, at the I was end of the game to, I was going to look up that split and I was wondering yeah. what it was for half. Did you even count the uh, the the Braxton Berrios uh, I counted the Bar- run, Yes, I counted the Braxton Berrios. Which was, run. you know, another one tossed in there for an explosive run. Exactly. And I mean, they allowed, according to Andrew Herman, they allowed three straight scoring drives late in the game. I mean, four plays, 74 yards, touchdown, five plays, 66 yards, touchdown, 13 plays, 58 yards, field goal. That sounds very familiar to last week where the Giants scored on five straight. It's just like last week where they come out of the tunnel at halftime and they just fall apart. They can't do anything. What is happening at halftime this year? I don't know. And it's like... We've had a bunch of games where the second half has been a total dud. They come out in the second half and they forget how to... I mean, it's not like they were really stopping the run in the first half. It wasn't bad, though. But it wasn't... It didn't feel bad. I mean, they were still giving up five a carry, but it didn't feel like it just... They were running for... There was one stretch of the game where late in the game, it was like 
carry for 12 yards, carry for 12 yards, carry for eight yards, carry for six yards, carry for 12 yards. And it's just like, my God, they cannot yeah. stop here, here, these guys. Here, here, here's the stretch of carries there that you're talking about. Um, 34-yard touchdown run for Hall. One yard for Hall. 12 for Hall. 12 for Hall. 25 for Carter. Eight for Carter. That was all in a row, right? Those were carries in a row. Yeah, those. Yeah, they and, could. It was the sequence where it was like, man, those are those are just, those are more than one drive. Well, because yeah, one was a the the touchdown. Yeah, touchdown, but then it went yeah, the other next drive. And oof. but it, it was just like back to back to back to back, and you could just feel the Packers like will breaking with every single subsequent carry, and it was like, man, they are just getting like the Jets are just imposing their will on these guys. They can't do anything the d line is like just getting obliterated on every single play and also just out coached i mean some of the play calls by the jets offense were very very like i hats off to michael floor because he was he was coaching his butt off in this game the one where um they handed it to Brees hall and he was supposed to pitch it back to garrett wilson and then he just kept it and ran and that was the touchdown run he had uh, i think it was the, that 34 oh, yard that was that you 34 yard 34 yard yeah, yeah and i mean he wasn't supposed to do that, but he saw the opening and went for it. Brees Hall's a dog. I mean, oh, that, that was the one that went around the left. Did that go around the left side? It was to the left, and it looked like an end around, and then he just cut it back to the right and just went straight up field. Quay Walker missed the um, like Quay Walker. Oh, came that's too far the one over. where the K. Yes, Quay Walker over pursued. Yep. And if he stayed in position, it's a four or five yard run. He yeah. over pursues, and that leaves it open. And that was the one where it's like everybody's like trying to grab a hold of him. It's like. He should go down to the 10. Oh, wait, no. Now he's at the 5. Oh, now he's all the way in. There were a lot of missed tackles in that second half, too. That was the other thing that was going on. He, and they didn't seem to have any answer for Brees Hall's stiff arm. The straight man, arm is just, like, burying everybody. He's got to be the strongest man alive because he was <laughs> he was very impressive in this game, I will say. Brees Hall was really kicking their butts out there. And You, you know, one thing I want to add, so I didn't have too much more to add to the bad things that you've already put on there because I, I do have – Similar notes, but one thing about this that they didn't even force the Jets into a third down on those three scoring drives until they got inside the five on the last of the scoring drives. So they're basically running the clock down almost to nothing and then kicking the field goal to make it a three score game. So they didn't even get to a third down. But the thing is, like, shout out to the defense for, like, they could have given up there at the goal line. I will give them credit there. They could have just given up. The game was over. They could have let them score. But they, I think they showed a lot of pride and resolve to hold them to a field goal there. But it's the same old song and dance where the first down and second down defense are so bad and yeah. so passive that you're not even forcing third downs and like difficult situations for the offense. It's they've had some of the like like they've had bottom like quartile first and second like defensive like rate like ratings yards per play on first and second downs for the season, and they've been like living off of like being very good at third down going into the Giants game. That's how it was as well. But they can't even force third downs. I mean... Not this game. They could. They didn't get it like two scores and then all the way down inside the five on the next one before they finally forced a third down. They're just getting it walked down the field on them. And, it's and it really kind of felt like things really fell apart after that... Uh, the block kick. Block Especially punt. after the block punt for for a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. You know the offense the cut whole it to team. seven. Yeah, 
Um, oh, actually, sorry. Even after the offense cut it to seven after the after the block kick, so they block kick made it fourteen. Offense scores get down to seven. It's a one score game, but the defense never got it back together. And of course, the offense that was that was it. That's the what they had couldn't they get had it back one, together because they, they had that had one it. scoring drive, and that and then they never got anything going again. I mean, and what even is there to say? Like for the defense, it's like I was listening to. I think it was Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Company. who was like. What can you change? Like the secondary is locked in, the linebackers are locked in based on like investment and, um, like just investment and draft picks and money. The edge rushers are locked in based on who you have. The only thing you can really change is the D lineman. And I don't know, like, do you put Wyatt in instead of Lowry? Do you put Wyatt in instead of Reed? Do you play Slayton more? Like, what is what even is the answer? Do you just have to, do you have to, have to trust that the players you have out there are going to play better? I don't know if you can do that at this point. I think the one player that you could reasonably expect to improve as the game goes on is going to be Walker. And it would have made a difference on a number of plays today. Walker or Wyatt? Quay Walker. I think so you can still expect you, him. Really, you could also. Well, Wyatt has played so little, it's hard to tell how good he is right now. Um, but I think they you need expect to play Walker him. to improve. Yes, they do. But he's been hurt for the last couple of weeks. So, but maybe I, maybe he'll start to prove. The last time he played, he only got seven snaps, but he looked good in those seven snaps. It was I was yeah. a member after that game. That was I guess two games ago against uh, New England. Or was it even the one before that? It's like oh, he had a good PFF rating, but he only played seven snaps. Let's see what happens to the next game. And well, we didn't get a next quad. Game. In, we're still yeah, waiting. Quad injury. We're, yeah. we're still waiting for that next game. Um, but I think we can expect Quay Walker to improve his recognition. I think part of it is like this play where um, Brees Hall cut back. He got out of position and didn't maintain the kind of integrity of the structure of the defense and gave up the opening for the big run. And that's, I think, a learning experience. I hope. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking about where can we find any um, kind of ounce of hope, the, the, the avenues for improvement for the team. So that's one. I, you know, though I felt like they did something today that did improve the team. They played more man coverage in the first half. They did what everybody was asking for, and it was working for a while. And then, you know, they didn't have to pass much in the second half. He only threw for 110 yards. Yeah, like I nothing. mean, you you did see the downside of the man coverage when Corey Davis hit that big 40 yarder. That's because yeah. they were playing man, and that's why Barry wants to play zone, is so you don't give up those big plays. But uh, you know, if it's 140 yarder. And the rest of it, you're holding them pretty it, tight. Clearly, it was worse. It was worse, um, yeah, before. last week. Yeah. But what they were doing before was worse than giving up the occasional long long play. They're still having trouble like in the middle of the field, though. And the Jets just didn't run any crossers. Like, they didn't run any. And no, it was kind of interesting with the, when, yeah. when Green Bay was like worst in the league against I, crossers. Yeah, and the, the Jets just didn't run any. So I'm not convinced that that's fixed at all because it just wasn't tested today i i think that's probably still going to be a problem going forward and something to yeah. keep an eye on i actually have something yeah, to say about me. some of that uh when we get down to the end I'll, I'll 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 actually get back to that a little bit think about what's going on or, or what it means maybe but uh that's i think one of the so i talked about what i think we can maybe hope for improvement um in the defensive side but let's move on to the offense yeah let's move on to the offense um i think the offense was the big problem today by like last week i thought the defense was the big problem this week i'd say 65 35 i think the offense should take the blame i mean they just looked yeah. so inept out there but let's let's start with the good stuff 
Um, I'll kick us off. Uh, I only have one note, and that it's the Tanyan looked Tanyan looked really good. Um, Ten catches for ninety yards on twelve targets. It felt like he was the entire offense for large portions of the game. I was like, oh, we got another completion. Yep, it's Tanyan again. And I mean, at least he's looking like kind of back to his old self. He looks like he still has, he looks like he has his juice back a little bit, maybe faster he's than mo- we even thought he would. He's and, moving better. And I mean, and- he, he was their whole he was their whole offense, and that he's my only positive on the offensive side for today. And I think I saw a tweet just before you know when, at the very end when I was getting ready, so I, I should have grabbed it. That maybe this is the first tight end with ten receptions for Green Bay, and I don't know how long. I would again. I would guess. So I would guess Jermichael Michael th- Finley, but I don't so know. So I have to look. I have to wait to see. But it seemed like I think that's somebody tweeted about it. It's, how long it's been, and it's been a, I think it's been a while since a tight end had 10 receptions in a game for Green Bay. Um, but I also had uh, the Tunyon thing, and that he led the team in targets and catches with 10. I have mostly, we're kind of looking at small things. So it, I think as I reconfigure my expectations for this team, I'm going to take time to enjoy the small things. Stop um, the small roses, so to speak. <laughs> Amari Rodgers had his first catch of the year, and it looked like a nice, clean route and catch. And I think, was it fifth catch of his career? That might be right. He may have had four last year. Yeah. But it, it, it looks good. There was, you know, it was a nice clean route. He was open. He broke open. He caught the ball. And, and he got it. He was actually playing, doing He was. They did use him. We were speculating this before the game. The jet motion was almost all Amari Rodgers. And I actually, I'm, I'm starting to think that he is, I mean, he's so bad at punt returning that I think people underestimate that he could maybe still be helpful as a receiver. I think he's I think he might be a better receiver than he is. I think he's a terrible punt returner. But I think he might be a better receiver than he is a punt returner. He does a little bit with some of those gadget plays too and those end arounds and things, but he was bold as a returner today. He was taking the ball and getting smacked and, That's not and a broke good a couple thing. and broke but broke a couple tackles and got some yardage on a couple of it's them. Like up four the yards. I was gonna say like he no, one of them was one of them was six. like a dozen. No, no, no. I think uh, no, no. He was he was bad on punt returns today, in my opinion. Right. I thought he was awful. At one point, I need to look up this before we get off here because I I am disagreeing with that. <laughs> I thought I thought he was very poor on punt returns today. I thought he took a bunch that he should not have taken. He had, he took some chances. He, he had was, five he was returns. He had five today. returns for twenty two yards and a long of eight. Oh, it was only eight. Okay, I thought he. I thought he got that one for like a dozen. Yeah, so he averaged that was four the one up the middle. That's, I mean, you got five chances on it, and you long. Well, yeah, I mean, he good. did have a couple where he was taking it. Got like at the end, at, when he picked up the the ball that bounced in the air at the sideline, he was never going to get that return. But anyway, I, I actually thought it was it wasn't too bad. But he was he was he was definitely doing some risk taking today. But let's get back uh, to uh, offense. We'll talk about offense. special teams a little more later. Because it wasn't it wasn't good today either. Nothing was. Lazard had a couple of nice catches today. Yeah, when they uh, got that, when he hit that touchdown to Lazard, I was like, maybe we still have a chance. Right, there's a nice back shoulder spinning catch that then his momentum pulled him right around to cross the the goal line, and that um, completion down the left mm-hmm. sideline was yep. both a perfectly placed ball and still a difficult catch, and some of that. Um. We, we could talk a little bit about as well of uh, what that might mean in general for the offense, which is not in a good thing ca- category. 
Um, but they also, their two-minute drill was not too badly run. It was like 31 seconds left. And they were able to get way down inside. The, I think they got inside the 15 or the, inside the red they, zone anyway. They moved it down, I think, like to like the 12. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, mean, yeah, that two-minute drill looked beautiful. I was like, oh, maybe this will be like the kickstart that'll like wake up their offense and going so into the second half. That was that looked good. I will, of course. It comes with a caveat of the mistake they made earlier, which Greg Olson was telling us over and over again. Why didn't they call that timeout when the Jets had the ball and they could have had another thirty seconds? In you know, they're, they're at the twelve and they have thirty seconds left to try to get it in the end zone instead of yep. four. Doesn't make any. Doesn't make much sense, does it? Nope. I think they're but, just, you know what, you know what, they're just not used to having that many timeouts. It's a, it's a whole new thing for them <laughs> to have timeouts at the end of oh, a half. I, I didn't want to call it because I thought we were down to, I assumed we were down to our last one. Exactly. It's like, oh, we, <laughs> I don't know what to do when I have timeouts left. It's a whole new frontier for me. But yes. yeah, they, they completely so, bungled that one. And so we could use this to, to transition to the rest of our bad things the offense did. So that was like a coaching. The O line was could so not run block. Awful. And pass pro was a mess. This is the worst, one of the worst O-line performances I've ever seen from the Packers. And I felt like in watching it and rewatching some of the plays, even though there were some cases of somebody just getting their ass handed to them in a one-on-one matchup, uh, examples, Quinnen Williams firing right past Runyon before he could even react. On the Quinnen first, Williams uh, looked like prime Aaron Donald. He looked yep. insane. He had I'll just I'll just read it off really quick while we're while we mentioned him. But he had let's see. So, Quinnen Williams had by himself five pressures, two sacks, and three run stops per Paul Brittle. I mean, he was just feasting on our guards all game. Yep. And so there was there was that play, and there was the uh, the Newman got put flat on his back again, though. Rogers Which time? Was... He he gave up six pressures by himself. <laughs> well, one, I mean, to PFF. I mean, literally on his back, literally knocked on his ass again. And but Rogers actually managed oh. to jump out of the um the the grasp of the. Uh, this actually it turns into one of the good things where Rogers actually jumped out of the grasp of the pass rusher and completed it to Tunyon for the toe tap on the sideline, which was one of the nicer. You know, it, after the Lazard catch, probably the second nicest play of the game. The the the, the Cobb one was pretty good too, where he got a. Um, um, the catch on the on the left, but so there were a couple times where obviously they just got beat one on one. But even more than that, I feel like it's m- the biggest problem, and I think for the whole year is more missed assignments and bad communication than actually just getting outmatched physically one on one. And there are a lot of people at fault. Newman like moving over to help Myers, leaving a free blitz to come in on Dylan. Though that play, I think, may have gotten overturned by a penalty, but still, it's just a terrible play. He's like going to help Myers and just leaving nobody for this guy to come run to cover the guy coming running in. Even Bakhtiari blew one where he is and Runyon are are um, facing a stunt, and the guy comes around from Runyon's side around Bakhtiari, and Bakhtiari is still engaged with the uh, original outside rusher, and the guy comes around clean. Um, How much of this do you think? is Stenovich not being the O-line coach anymore. Because it's the same guys as last year. It's pretty much the same starters they had last year, but you're swapping in. You're just moving um, Elton over to right tackle, and you're swapping in Bakhtiari instead of Nyman. 
Like it's yeah. pretty much the same starters, but they look horrible. Do we need Stenovich to go back to the O line room? Can we demote him back to the O line room full time? I think he needs to spend more time with the O line room because that's the most tangible difference is he's not there. Yeah, and I have a number of other so that's the the biggest problem I think on the whole team right now. Is the O line. I mean, can I can I talk about the O line too a little bit then? Sure, why don't you jump in on the O line before I go on to something else? I mean, they just got absolutely embarrassed today. I mean, like I said, Royce Newman gave up six pressures by himself. Quinnen Williams looked like a pro bowler out there. He's probably going to go to the Pro Bowl this year, honestly. He's having a oh, crazy he good could year. be an all-pro this year, the way he looked against the Packers. And, I mean, they just couldn't <sighs> They couldn't run block. They only had 19 carries for 60 yards. They couldn't pass block. They allowed four sacks, nine quarterback hits. I mean, they were getting Rodgers killed out there. And I mean, Rogers wasn't exactly helping himself. He was patting the, he was burping the ball like a baby back there. But the O line was awful. I've never seen Runyon play so bad. This is the worst game I've ever seen him play in his career. For a guy that had no pressures given up going into the game, he was out there getting. He, they made him look foolish. I mean, I have never seen this O line play so look so discombobulated and slow out of their stance and slow to fire off the ball and just getting blown up every time they have to like put make up like Dylan was getting hit in the backfield every other run. Oh, yeah, on the on the run blocking they're they're just, they're just getting out quicked. They're getting the the blocking the defenders just running by the blockers before they even get ready and they're and, already there and hitting Dylan in the backfield. And just as a wider view, I mean, the whole game Offense, defense, the whole Packers team just looks so slow. I mean, they just look like they are like less explosive, le- like less powerful, less burst than the other team. They just look like the less athletic team out there. And it's it's so like it looks so bad on the O line. I mean, this is one of the worst games I've seen from them collectively as a unit, and it was they were they got embarrassed out there today. Yeah, and I would say as a unit is mostly the problem here. It's as it's it's their work as a unit. I feel like is the biggest problem. And would so you another thing would you make any you can, would you make any changes? Would you would absolutely. you change anything? What would you change? Time to get. I would put from from for my money. I would like to see them try Nyman at right tackle with Jenkins at right guard. See, I've been pushing. I think that puts their that. five. I know you, yeah. you've been you've been disagreeing with me with I know on, on and I'm point. I'm actually and the point and what I was going to say is I've been I've been a strong like they need to keep Elton at right tackle and let him have time. If the team's going to be this bad, they need to move him back to guard. I I'm I, sorry, but it's just I I don't think I'm not trying to I'm still of the mind that he can play right tackle and probably is still the right tackle of the future, but the whole point of him being able to play every position is so you can get your best five out there and Newman is just He's he's worse than he was last year, even, I think. Yeah, I think you might be right. And so my point about Nyman is get your best five out there. Your other yeah. option would be to put Zach Tom out there. But I think if you put your best five, then you would put, put Nyman on instead of Tom at this point in, in their careers. And that's assuming Nyman can play right tackle, which we don't even know. No, and you, you're not going to put him in a guard. So you're not going to have like Jenkins at um, right tackle and Nyman at guard because he's not a guard. So that's not going to work. Yeah. But it's, it, you, more, more you're hoping that Nyman's college work at right tackle will 
Um, he'll have enough like muscle memory of that. And they've apparently been working him a little bit there. Of course, if they've been working him there and they still won't put him in, is it bad? Maybe that, mean, maybe that means something. Yeah. I mean, and I've been a staunch, like, they need to keep Elton the right tackle because they need to give him time. It's not fair to only give him three games or four games or five games <laughs> off an ACL tear that he came back from early. It's not fair to him to move him so quickly when he's, like, put all this work in to come back this fast. But it's just bad. The whole offensive line is bad, and they can't afford for it to be that bad, and they need to they need to change something because they can't do anything on offense. They look so inept. They, they can't yeah. move the ball. Offensive line, you know, the trenches is, you know, it's always, I'd probably, I, I, something I've wanted to do is a little bit uh, um, correlation analysis of different positions. I've had this feeling that offensive line is going to be like the second biggest driver of wins after the quarterback. I wouldn't, yeah. And it's it's just, it's bad. But do you want to move on to? Yeah. Um, so I had a couple other bad um, notes here and there. I felt like Dylan really struggled today. Some of these get hit in the backfield over and over again. He, and but I also felt like drops. he had trouble with his footing. He couldn't catch um, he the ball. Slipping. He dropped the ball a couple of times um, at, at, that he should have had. And the muffed handoff as well that uh, turned into three points. Yeah, they credited that, that fumble to Rodgers, but I thought it was Dylan's fault. Yeah. <sighs> Doesn't matter. It's both of their faults. Yeah. But it was Sorry. actually in his gut, but he just, you know, didn't wrap it up. I don't know what was going on there. Um, Rodgers has been off target again on, on a lot of his downfield throws. He had the uh, um, Dobbs like under through by a mile. Like that was so far off. I feel like he was expecting something different. I don't know. Or maybe the his like uh, it slipped out of his hand because his thumb was bothering him. He had probably the most open receiver we saw all day pass catchers say was Jones on the right sideline going deep and he just let had the ball drift a little bit too far wide and Jones couldn't get his feet down after I, he caught I it. still think Jones has to catch that like if you're if you're the best player on offense you got to catch that like that's in your hands you have to make a play you have to help your quarterback it's not he a perfect his, throw he came it's down with it he just, could, he just couldn't get his feet in bounds no he dropped the ball too he didn't keep it in his hands it fell out of his hands Oh well, it was irrelevant because his first foot touched hit the white. But Didn't if matter. you're the best, if you're the best he, player, or did on he offense, also drop gotta, it? I saw he like stepped. I, I thought he make, only stepped out. You got to make that play if you're a pro bowl. If you're a pro bowler and you're the best player on offense, you need to help the team and make that play. But the other thing that's kind of related to this whole notion is that they're supposedly top two outside threats or deep threats. Lazard and Dobbs, they only com- combined to catch eight of their eighteen targets. I don't understand why they have so many deep shots down the sideline. Like, that seems like a a staple. For some reason, a staple of the offense is snap, like five-step drop, immediate throw, whether or not Lazard is past his man or not, whether or not Dobbs is past his man or not, just immediate throw outside the hash, like down the sideline. You know one thing that... I don't know why that's... Totally disappeared from this offense in like the last three or four games. The middle of the field. Deep and intermediate crossers. Yeah. You know, we had Dobbs catch it. We had Watkins catch him. And those are, I think, pretty like a staple of this kind of offense. Um, one thing I wanted to say about those is, you know, I'm very curious to see what Green Bay's average separation is on their targets compared to the rest of the league. It does not look good. Because, you know, either you, we get passes when it's like perfect pass and a, plus a great catch. You need them both so yeah. many times to get those plays. 
And so they used, we had these where, you know, Dobbs running free in the middle and catching and running, Watkins running free in the middle and catching and running. We, so I, I feel like we just, in addition everything, to that, we're not Everything scheming, is hard. We're not scheming players open with like, where are the mesh concepts? Where are the, where are the crossers? Well, everything and is this, hard for the offense not, right now. And I think the other, other teams have figured out they, do, they can play man on us and we don't have anyone who can separate. They don't have a but single you, guy but if on you the have roster. Like crossing patterns. You can. I mean, that's something you do against man to try to. Um, you get a, get a little and rub each other, and you know, and you know, you have to do a illegal pick. Just get get them caught in the wash as they're coming across the field. We haven't been able to d- design that well either. They just and don't have the, a single guy. They don't have a single guy who can beat their man. No, and so been, and it seems like a lot of the plays this year have been designed to try to get somebody to just win, which this is like a very, that's a very McCarthy kind of offense too. Yeah, so we're just going to win, win your one-on-one, except instead, we don't even have talent designing people open. Yeah. And uh, the other, so related to that, the skill players combined to drop five of 34 catchable passes today per PFF. Like I said, they're not, this team is not good at anything. This team, like they can't do anything on offense. I mean, what was it? Just a, a stat from Rob Domofsky just to kind of encapsulate that. I mean, they're averaging 17.8 points per game through the first six games, which according to Rob Domofsky of ESPN is the lowest over any six game span that where Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback. This is the worst, like over a six game span. This is the worst offense the Packers have had in a decade plus. Like it's, it's atrocious. Um, a decade plus with Rodgers. With Rodgers, yes. I'm not counting. Don't the forget. Brett let's not years. forget the uh, right the, the the Brett Hundley experience. I'm not not counting the Seneca Wallace experience. I'm not counting the Brett Hundley experience. Matt Flynn wasn't bad, um, but that was one game. Yeah, we need but we the, need that Matt Flynn seven touchdown game. Not counting Scott Tolzien. I'm not counting Deshaun Kaiser. I'm not counting any of these guys. But it's just the the offense is is just not good. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I have some more negatives I could add. Um, I thought Rodgers looked completely lost. For I, this is some of the worst like football he's played in a long time. He looks bad. This this looks like he doesn't trust anything that's going on, and he's not trusting his cues. I mean, he was he's he was definitely a little dinged up in this game. You could see his hand was bothering him, but he just wasn't firing. Um, I thought the play calling and the personnel usage was borderline the criminal at certain parts. I mean, going into the half, Aaron Jones had three carries, and he ended the game with twelve touches. Yeah, what happened to and, the, we got to get Aaron Jones the ball more? That just <sighs> disappeared. I don't know. I don't know. They can't, they're not getting their best players the ball. They I mean, don't. They did try to hit him deep on that one, but uh, what's, there weren't very many targets for him. And they just—they can't run the ball, so it's hard to be like give give these guys more carries. I mean, it's not like they're going anywhere, but you got to give your best players games where they had good yards per, per rush. This is the first one where they really couldn't run the ball. I feel like, yeah, other times they've had good efficiency on the number of carries. They just haven't done it very often. This is the first time they are really getting stuffed and hitting the backfield a bunch. Yeah. I mean, this, like I said, this is the worst. I feel like I've seen this O-line play. It was, it was really bad. Um, do you have anything else you want to add bad on the O-line, or do you want to wrap it up with a quick little special teams diatribe? So let's go a little bit of special teams. Uh, you want to say something about special teams? Should I say something about special teams? I mean, they I mean, I kind of blocked like... a, they blocked a punt, which should have led to points if the offense wasn't inept. Um, and then, but then they had a field goal blocked, and they gave up a touchdown on a blocked punt. So they were bad. Yep. I had they, in my notes: "This special teams giveth, and special teams taketh away." 
Yeah, and I mean, they they were bad. The special teams were bad today. Um, just a couple notes. Uh, Mario Rogers is still returning punts, but Keyshawn Nixon is uh, kick returning now. I thought he looked mm-hmm. pretty good returning kicks. I think they'll probably stick with that. Um, I don't really, yeah, I don't thing, really have anything the, else for the for this. The other thing team. is, it was I the only one who was thinking this. So this is probably relevant because it still would have probably made the field goal. But there's all and on the um, Jets' first field goal where they went up three nothing in the first half. Um, they 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 get it to fourth down by chasing Zach Wilson around while he's scrambling oh, and I, ends up trying to throw away. This, I don't think this would have mattered. It would have been like it a, probably would have like mattered. But it's yarder. like no, it would have been a forty-two yarder. Okay, it would have been a forty-two yarder. So still I, usually I makeable, it but it's at the point where you might miss it, as opposed to a twenty-nine yarder. They where lost you're never by seventeen. It. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> this is a so curious thing, little play where the he, only stepped, other special he stepped teams, out of bounds, and Greg Olson is saying he stepped out of bounds. Like, why is nobody talking about him stepping out of bounds before he throws that ball? Once he steps out of bounds, the play he the play's over. It. Uh, I could not care less. Um, the only other thing <laughs> he, on special but he teams, didn't even mention it. But but the only other thing on special teams that I wanted to touch on was on the blocked field goal. Um, just I wanted your thoughts on the fact that they had Jack Coco, Royce Newman, Jake Hansen all next to each other. Yeah, I saw somebody mention that as I was reading through the game, some game notes. It's like, ugh. And 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 the Jets have Quinn and Williams in there on a block. Yeah. So on a field goal block attempt. It's like, you know, why why on the field goal protection unit don't we have our best blockers up there? Because you no longer are worried about people running down the field on coverage, like like punt protection, where you need to have people who, after they finish blocking, can can have enough speed to try to help on punt coverage if they get through the first wave of uh I just coverage. don't know why. Why do you have your three worst guys all next to each other? No offense to Jack Coco. Your three worst blockers all next to each other in the middle. I feel like that's a recipe for disaster. But I don't know. I just wanted to see what you if you had any thoughts on that. Other than that, I mean, Eric Wilson was the one with the punt block. He's the newest Packer on the fifty-three man roster. Yeah, I was um, like, oh, when they first said it, Eric Wilson, I'm like Eric Wilson, it's like, oh yeah, he's the guy they signed for linebacker for special team, basically, essentially for special teams. Like it worked. Yeah, and he did. <laughs> his job. He did exactly what they hoped for. Yeah, and he had. A, I think he had a penalty later in the game, but it, I'll I'll take it. Whatever, I'll take the block. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the special teams was. Nowhere near the the thing is I'm I'm down to worry about special teams once the offense and defense figure it out because if the offense and defense can't figure it out I don't even I don't even care about special teams at that point. You know what we can say about this game? Special teams had a field goal blocked and a punt blocked for the touch for a touchdown, and they still weren't the worst unit on the field today. Yep. Very right? true. It's very That's true. Pretty this damning. Is, this is consistent. That's, I mean, that's kind of what it's been this year. Is like the special teams has been meh, and they've been not the worst unit because the rest of the team can't figure it out. But do you want to kind kind of wrap it up? Do you want to hit our player of the game? Yeah. So my player of the game, I'm going with Jair because the first he half well. he was playing really well. The defense was humming, and it was kind of what we were hoping for. I don't know if they got gassed, if they got what. You know, they got figured out. They can't figure the second out second half. halves. But uh, Jair was looking good in the first half. Breaking up passes all over Garrett Wilson. Um, so that was my that was my player of the game. 
Yeah, my player of the game was Tunyon. Uh, 10 catches, 90 yards. The only guy on offense doing anything. He was pretty much the whole offense for most of the game. Um, but yeah, he was my player of the game. Nice to see him. Like, Yeah, this is kind of what we were hoping yeah. for this year, that uh, with Devontae gone, as he gets back and uh, more comfortable with his knee, we'll see him get a lot of targets this year and become a bigger part of this offense. Yeah. But those are our players of the game. Do you want to hit our closing thoughts? So we had a yeah. Let's 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 continue. You had uh, something about any signs of hope going forward. Well, we we kind of we kind of touched we, on we kind of touched on the signs of hope going forward. Mine was just that I think they need to reconfigure the offensive line and hope that that fixes some of the rushing problems and some of the pass protection issues. That's kind of my main yeah. sign of hope is that maybe if you reconfigure the offensive line, it'll fix some enough of the running game and passing game that you can field a competent offense. Right, and I would say maybe a couple of the things we can try to hang some hope on are continued improvement as players recover from major injury, where Tunyon seems to be maybe he's starting to round into form. We'll get more out of him on offense. And I think Bakhtiari and Jenkins still have room for physical improvement as they get back from their uh, the rust of and the improvement of their strength and agility from their, their coming back from their injuries. I think we can hope for improvement from some of the new players like Dobbs and Quay Walker and maybe Devontae Wyatt can give us a little bit more of the D-line when he's able to play. We'll see. I'm a little worried about that Watson keeps getting set so far back in his development by all these injuries that we're, that he's is he really is going to be like a redshirt year this year almost unless he is healthy the rest of the year and really starts coming on. We'll see. But those are things we can try to hope for where this team has, where we can realistically see improvement, not just like, oh, let's follow the rumor mill. Apparently, they got a chance to get Robbie Anderson or Brian Burns in the fire sale coming out of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and Robbie Anderson would be helpful for this. Robbie Anderson would be helpful for this team because they need a deep threat. But a deep threat is not going to be all that useful if you can't protect the quarterback because it's not going to have time to get deep. I mean, it'd be helpful to have one because they need speed with Christian Watson out and Sammy Watkins, we don't know when he's even coming back. But they can't protect, so it's not like they're going to be able to take that many like of these deep shots downfield. No. If, if you had to pick one player from the Carolina Panthers fire sale that I would want... It's Brian Burns. It's Brian, it's Brian Burns. It's not close. Yeah, And, and apparently... They're not going to trade him. The rumors that's got a real possibility of happening that I saw yesterday. I don't know if that's going to. I I doubt it. I mean, maybe anything. for like two first round picks, but I'm not. I don't feel like I want to do that. But uh, it just this seems team like isn't, kinda, this team is not in the position to be trading multiple picks. This team is not good enough to be at all like the kind of picks. thing that the Packers would ever do. So that's why it, I don't. Expect I don't it to not be not about what they would ever do. Does Does Brian Burns make this team a Super Bowl contender? I don't think so. They don't <laughs> that's have not offense. What they need. They they just don't. There's no one player where if you drop them in there, this team magically is like gonna win the <laughs> NFC, right? Like there's I don't think there's any Devontae one player. Adams. No, should I really they, troll? They, no, that that I don't think that would even matter. No, it's not add, either because it's, it's just trolling because I don't think if, their offensive line has been playing well enough yet. If Devonte was on this team, they're they one win better maybe right now. They're probably four and two, but. I, I don't think I feel that much better about the team 
they it doesn't fix anything it fixes some stuff it fixes the fact that their passing game is terrible and it fixes some of their quick game but they still can't block they still can't take deep shots because they can't protect they still can't move anyone in the running game i mean i don't know i just i don't think they're they're not in a position to make a big deadline move in my opinion where you're trading multiple firsts for no, DJ I don't think they'll. Or, I don't. I don't think they'll ever do something like that where they trade multiple firsts for somebody. I don't think that's going to happen. That's what the price tag for Brian Burns would be. Probably because he's uh, he's a good pass player. rushers. Yeah, yeah. And um, so anyway, closing. We got a couple more closing thoughts. Um, you, you, we already talked a little bit about yours, where you feel like yeah. I just what my closing thoughts are. Uh, this team needs to good. find their identity. This team needs to find their identity because they're not good at anything right now. They, they're they're very mediocre to bad at everything, and they need to kind of do some soul searching and be like, "What are we good at?" And because it's it's nothing right now. I don't know. That's all I have. That's all I've got for them. Yeah, and my closing thought is that thing that I feel like is like m- most holding this team back seem to be is like it's just generally lacking the cohesion and team play that you need to be a good team. When you have a good team. Everybody's working together and there's like no failures anywhere so that the whole unit is performing well. And I think that's the part that's the Packers are the worst at this year. The the parts of the game that need coordination the most, like are the parts that they're failing at the most this year. The, you know, the, the zone defense in the first like five games of the year where they're failing to communicate, failing to pass off the receivers properly and everybody to be where they're supposed to be to, to have the defense covered right. Now, the coverage was better today, though it was mostly not zone. And then the offensive line coordination, it's the same idea. They're not doing their assignments or communicating about who's going to do what for the whole unit to work. And I think like those, it's, it's that ability to coordinate the different players doing their jobs and who's going to pick up what part of the job on the fly during the play that they're the worst at this year. Even more than saying they don't have the talent, they just don't seem to know who's supposed to do what and how to work together on the team as, as think, a unit. I think in all of the noise about losing Devontae Adams, I think people kind of really brushed over and passed over how big a brain drain this coaching staff got in the offseason. I mean, yeah. they lost their offensive coordinator, tight end coach, quarterback coach, uh, pass uh, pass rush, like edge rush coach. Um, they law- And then they had to promote their um, O-line coach to offensive coordinator. And so their assistant O-line coach, now the O-line coach. I mean, there was just a huge brain drain. Yeah, that's a really good point on this on this coaching staff and i think it's something that people didn't talk about because of the big flashy thing was oh they lost Devontae adams how's the passing game going to work so much of it funneled through him i think we're seeing a way bigger impact from losing from this coaching shuffle than we are from losing Devontae. yeah that's a really good point and something that uh um keep an eye on as the year goes on yeah. and maybe this is one of those things that whatever they're trying to do new as new in their positions takes a little while to come together i'm looking for another thing to to, for for hope hopefully some and so you see this sometimes where teams start off the year and they're just god awful on defense people are running around um receivers are just just waltzing through the middle of defense uncovered and then by the end of the year they're putting it together we'll We'll see. see i hope so but anyway 
that's kind of all we had for you guys today. Thank you so much for checking out the post game for this horrible, awful, no good, very bad game. Uh, we will be doing a pregame for Packers Commanders on Thursday night. Uh, come check that out. It will be on every podcast platform you can find. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. Come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer for all the latest episodes and Packers news and notes. Come find us on Spotify. Subscribe to us at Father Son Packers Podcasts. Really help us get our numbers up. We'd really appreciate it. Hopefully... We'll be giving you a pregame and a postgame next Sunday night for a Packers win, and we'll get back above 500. Fingers crossed. But anyway, until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.